Well, good morning. It's good to be with you again. It's always a blessing to get to join our church family on Sundays and recenter ourselves and our hearts on what matters most and what we believe the most and the, and the deepest. It's, it's amazing to me how every single week uh, there's so much going on, so many distractions and struggles that we face that, that we can forget those things. And so we come back to this place, we sing, we take communion together, we gather around that table together. We're all welcome in that place, as Robert has reminded us. We're welcome in this place, and we find ourselves again. We remind ourselves of, of who we are. I, I love a good story. I always have. My, my fondest early memories are of my parents reading stories to me uh, before I could read myself. Stories of, of knights and dragons and of animals who could speak and people who actually would listen to those animals as they spoke. I remember stories of, of little people, uh, children, young people, who uh, a lot of us tend to forget at times and, and how important they are. And, and reading stories of how those, those small young people would end up saving everybody they, they cared about. Sometimes in stories they ended up saving the world, uh, even though nobody would really think that they could do that. I remember specifically a story about a, a little guy named David who decided to pick a fight with a, a giant named Goliath. And amazingly enough, he wins that battle. And I would, I would get to the point where even though I couldn't read, I, I had had those stories read to me so often, I knew them by heart. And so I would close my eyes as my parents would, would tell those stories again, and I would find myself falling into those stories, anticipating what was going to happen next. And, and I feel like I could, I could be there. As I got older, as I learned to read myself, I, I found that I was always trying to find new stories that I could I could listen to, that I could, I could imagine myself being a part of. And all, all the great storytellers that I discovered through a love of reading come back to me every time I think about, okay, what, what is it that, that I want to try to do with my life? What kind of person do I want to try to be? You know, growing up, I, I was always the smallest kid in my, my class. I was quiet. I was always trying to find a way to be off to the side or in the background, I, I was definitely average, and, and I wanted to be that at that point in my life. I really didn't want to stand out. In middle school, you don't really want to stand out. There's, there's reasons that you might be able to do that if you're cool enough, but I was pretty sure that I wasn't cool enough to stand out for the right reasons. And so I, I always tried to just stay off to the side in the background, but I would read stories about people who were different than that. I, I would read stories about people who were brave and, and skilled and special, and they, they were anything but average. They, they wanted to stand out. They wanted to make a difference. And I would find myself, as much as I was entertained by those stories, I was also inspired by them. I mean, these, these people I would read about, they'd go to places I could only imagine going, places I'd never seen. They'd, they'd done things that I, I couldn't quite grasp seeing myself being able to do. They, they would say things that I, I would give anything to be able to have the confidence to say. And so I'd find that I wasn't just interested in what these characters would do in their stories, but I, I wanted to somehow become more like them. I wanted to do those things and go those places and have the, just the, the sense of courage to say those things. I, I wanted those stories to not just be stories that, that I 
I enjoyed, but I wanted those stories to be something that would shape the story of my own life. It's how good storytelling works. Now, not every story I encountered as I was growing up was something that I wished I could be a part of. Uh, I'll never forget when I had turned about 17 years old, my dad felt like I could handle a story that had a little more going on in it, a little more plot to have to keep track of, and and he had just discovered this, this book, and he said it wasn't a serious book at all. He always called those popcorn reads because there, there was nothing really about them that I was going to learn. There was, there was nothing that I was, was going to make me necessarily a better person, but it was going to be a story that would hold my attention. And so it was this story about this, this guy who I, I put off reading it because it was a spy novel, and my dad was into those, and I wasn't really into those. But he said, no, I think you're really going to like it. And so I, I picked it up. And once I did, I couldn't put it down. It was a story about this guy who wakes up and doesn't know who he is. And he doesn't know what's happening, um, but there's all these plot twists and turns. And as a reader, I, I was just as confused as he was. And so along with this main character, I'm discovering that while he doesn't know who he is, other people definitely know who he is and he's wanted. And they're, they're coming from all over the world to stop him and to take his life away from him. And so I just, it was a page turner. I wanted to find out what was going to happen next. And a few years ago, they made a movie of this book. If you're not a reader, you may have caught the movie. It's called The Born Identity. And we're going to show just a real quick clip of it right now of what it's like to be a character who wakes up and doesn't know who he is. I'm not making this up. These are real. Who has a safety deposit box full of money and six passports and a gun? Who has a bank account number in their hip? I come in here, and the first thing I'm doing is I'm catching the sight lines and looking for an exit. I see the exit sign, too. I'm not worried. I mean, people do all kinds of weird and amazing stuff when they're scared. I can tell you the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed and the guy sitting up at the counter weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that? How can I know that and not know who I am? How can I know all of that and not know who I am? Right? That's, that's the question that I want you to think about. Now, I'm pretty sure none of us in the room is a spy. I'm pretty sure. If you are, tell me later, and I promise I won't tell anybody else. But uh, this, is, this is something, if you can imagine, it's a person who's lost in their own story. Right now, in, in a fiction, in a spy novel, you, you can kind of wrestle with, okay, what would that be like for somebody to have amnesia and then start to find out that, that they've done all kinds of things and they've been a part of all kinds of things that are frightening to them and that, that scare them. But if, if you can think through just the crisis of being somebody lost 
in your own story. Right? Knowing a lot of things, but not knowing the most important thing. Not knowing who you actually are. Right? That's, that's what would draw anybody into wrestling with this question. And, and I've, I've found that it's not just a question that an imaginary character can wrestle with. It's not just a question that belongs in a fiction novel about a spy. If we're honest, you and I know that, that we all are constantly in danger of getting lost in the stories of our lives. Of, of losing our sense of who we really are. We're, we're always running the risk of, of losing grasp of what really matters. I mean, if, if you think about your daily life, you know how true it is that we can easily experience a kind of, of emotional and spiritual amnesia where we, we lose grasp of who we're actually trying to be. We, we lose a sense of what kind of life we're actually wanting to live. And we rush around in overly busy, frantic, hectic lives, having one experience, and, and we're hoping to, to go through not just experiences, but we want to have achievements, and, and we, we go from all kinds of, of moments of feeling like, okay, I, I've done this, and I've accomplished that, and now I'm on to the next appointment and the next thing, and then we can find out that no matter how many things we accomplish, no matter how many things we do, no matter how many different kinds of experiences we may have, we still have this nagging sense that it's not enough. That, that this life we're trying to build, that, that we're running around breathlessly trying to construct, it's not quite falling into place. And so maybe we'll do one more thing. Maybe we'll try one more experience. Maybe we'll try to achieve one more success. And yet we find that, that we wake up and we, we start to ask ourselves questions. We, we, we're not sure of what's going on, and we're not sure how we got here. We start to feel like, we're not in control of our own lives. We, we, we aren't really truthful about all the decisions we've made up to this point to get to the place we are. And it's in moments like that we start to wrestle with some really big, basic questions. You know, questions like, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What, what's life really about when it's all said and done? What am I living for? Who am I really in the grand scheme of things? I mean, these are things that we, we wonder about, whether it's when we first wake up or whether it's when we can't manage to go to sleep at night or whether we've just had a relationship fall apart or whether we've just been let go from our job or whether we have some kind of other challenge or, or problem that we're wrestling with. We start to realize that we know a lot of things. We know how to do a lot of things, but we may not know who we actually are. And it means we don't know what to do next. We don't know where to go next. We don't know the right kind of decision to make. We, we feel lost in our own story. And it's in moments like that where we're wrestling with huge, big, basic questions like these. Questions that drill down to the deepest foundations of who we think we are. It's then that we know that, that we have to go to some place outside of ourselves. We have to find a story that's bigger than our individual story. And so we have to remember who we've already promised to try to be. We have to reconnect. 
with a story that really is better and bigger and deeper than just my story or just your story. We, we have to reconnect with the story of Scripture. Now, it's not as easy as just saying, okay, I realize in a moment here that, that I've kind of lost my way and I don't know who I am and I don't know my purpose and I don't know where I'm trying to go and, and so I'll just open up my Bible and I'll, I'll, I'll start to read it because what we all realize is the story we find in Scripture is not the only story that's available to us when we're trying to figure out who we really are. It's not the only option available to us. Now, we don't think about a lot of the ideas and the slogans and the concepts and the stories that are around us. We, we don't see them for what they really are. I think at times they feel like they're not all that important to us and, and we just hear them repeated often. But these stories start to really shape who we are in ways that I think if we're not aware of, well, it kind of sneaks up on us. I mean, there have always been other stories in our world than Scripture to try to answer these big questions, right? There are stories that will assure us that all of, of creation is an accident, that this, this just all kind of fell into place on its own. And because of that, you can make life whatever you want to make it. There are stories that, that will suggest to you that you're as valuable as your your net worth, that you're as cool as your cell phone, that you're as important as your ability to attract other people. There are stories that will tell you that life is all about you in the end. And everything and everyone in your life is there primarily to make you feel better about you. There are stories that, that will tell you that being famous and successful is the only way to find happiness and joy. That the only place you should be trying to live is in the spotlight. That the only way for you to feel like you matter is for everyone in your life to constantly be, be just falling down all over themselves to tell you how amazing you are. There are stories that assure you that you can live any way you want, any way you think of, as long as it doesn't technically hurt anybody else. Have you heard any of these stories in our world? They're everywhere. TV, the internet. The radio, podcasts, books you read, magazines, the nightly news, commercials, which we don't have to sit through as much as we used to, but still, there's all kinds of stories being told to us from all kinds of places, and they work their way into our hearts. They find spaces in our souls, and they hold on. And when we wake up in the morning and we can't quite remember who it is we're trying to be, or when it's late at night and we can't quite go to sleep and we're wrestling with where our life is headed, you've got one story and one voice, and then you've got all these other countless stories and countless voices, and the question is, which voices, which voice do you listen to? Scripture is a story we have to decide to listen to in spite of all the other stories. And they're not going to just go away on their own. You have to decide to spiritually turn down the volume. You have to decide to disengage, to disconnect, to stop trusting that the truth is somewhere out there instead of 
in here, in, in the life that God describes in his story. And not all of the other stories that you and I feel like, well, that might work. Open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll be starting together to read in verse 3. Bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that comes from heaven. God chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless in God's presence before the creation of the world. God destined us to be his adopted children through Jesus Christ because of his love. This was according to his goodwill and plan and to honor his glorious grace that he has given to us freely through the son whom he loves. We have been ransomed through his son's blood and we have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace which he's poured over us with wisdom and understanding, God revealed his hidden design to us, which is according to his goodwill and the plan that he intended to accomplish through his son. This is what God planned for the fulfillment of all time, to bring all things together in Christ, the things in heaven along with the things on earth. We have also received an inheritance in Christ. We were destined by the plan of God who accomplishes everything according to his design. Now in these these powerful and poetic words from the Apostle Paul, we're reminded that the story we're living in, the story we live by, the story of our lives is ultimately not a story about us. It's a story about Jesus about his love for each one of us. And it is actually a love that we are told existed before we did. It is a love that was, that was given and offered before the creation of the world itself. It is a story that tells us who we are, what we're here for, where we're going. Listen Listen to the the way that story unfolds according to Paul. It's a story that tells us that we've been chosen. And in being chosen, we are now holy and blameless. It's a story about us being adopted. And having been adopted, we are now true daughters and sons of God. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. It's a story that tells us in a world where everybody is desperate to belong that we we do belong. We belong in the very same spiritual family. We belong to God and we belong to one another. We belong with one another. It is a story that is not about what we have done or will do. It is a story about what Christ has done and will do. It is a story that is is a living image of undying love and glorious grace, overflowing grace, Paul says. It is a story where we understand not only have we been chosen and adopted, but we've been enlisted. We have been, we've been invited to be a part of what God is doing through Christ. That through Christ, we get to to have this 
partnership. We get, to, we get to cooperate. We get to collaborate with the Holy Spirit, with God, with Jesus in reaching everyone and transforming everyone with the very same love that we have been reached with and by and, and we've been transformed by. This is the story that you belong to. This is your story. This is my story. It is greater. It is better. It is deeper than any of our individual stories. And it's the truth. And yet we have to choose to listen to it. We have to choose to believe that it's the truth. We have to choose to believe that we can be a part of that truth. Through Christ, we're all being written into God's still unfolding story the ongoing story of Scripture, the, the life-giving story of the gospel. We, we all have a part to play, a, a role to carry out. And so we find our calling here. We find our purpose here. We find our identity here. And in lives where we can have moments where we really honestly struggle to feel like we matter and we make a difference, this is good, good news. It's the kind of news that every single person needs to hear. And so it is not just a story that we get to listen to. It's not just a story that we get to read. It's a story we have to find a way to live. Now, there's all kinds of things that are going to make that difficult. There's all kinds of distractions. It's not just the voices of the other stories that the world tries to tell us. It's also all of the other options of, of what it takes to live a life that we really want to live, right? There's, there's all kinds of ways that, that we start to think that if, if we could live by another story than the one Jesus offers us, if we could live by a story that's about worldly success or influence or power, that then finally we would be proud owners of the good life. We know that's not true deep down. We know it's not true. But deep down, if we're honest, we also have a sense that, man, it'd be nice if it was true. Because who wouldn't want to be famous, right? Who wouldn't want to be attractive to everybody? Who, who wouldn't want to be a, a sports star or, or an actor or, or an international business legend, right? We... We're drawn to those stories time and time again because there's a part of us that wants to believe we could be the main characters in those kinds of stories. And yet Jesus says, would you give up getting to be a part of what God's doing to save everybody? Would, would you give up your role in that kind of story just to be famous or just to have a bunch of stuff or just to have everybody know your name? Do you understand what you've actually been offered in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection? Do, do you understand the kind of, of life that is laid out before us in Scripture to say, you have a choice to make. You get to choose who you're going to be. You, you get to choose what kind of purpose you're going to fulfill. You get to decide what kind of person you're going to be in your marriage. What kind of person you're going to be at work. What kind of person you're going to be in your friendships. What kind of person you're going to be when nobody else is watching. You get to choose all those things. And Jesus has shown you the best possible life 
He's shown you how to make the best possible decisions and choices. Why would you ever try something else? Now, we all have different ways of answering that. We all have different struggles. We all have different doubts. We all have different ways in which we think we know better than God does. But for the next couple of of months, we're going to, as a church family, we're going to center our hearts on the story of Scripture. We're going to, to center our souls on the story that God wants us to live. And I am convinced that if, if we'll let it, that story really can change everything about us. And that it won't just save us, but it will save all the people around us. It will save the people we already know how to love, and it will save the people we don't yet know how to love. It will save the people we know how to get along with. It will save the people that we, we don't have a clue of how to get along with. It's that big of a story. Now, one of the things I've found in my life is it, it is such a big story. There's so much going on in it that, that there are times we feel like it's just it's overwhelming. There's too much to keep track of, and we start to lose a sense of the overarching plot line of that story. And so what we're going to do in this, this study series together is we're, we're just going to break the overarching big story of Scripture into six major chapters. Right? We're not, we're not going to be able to talk about every single detail, but we are going to have a, a way of remembering the most important things that go on from beginning to end. And it's an amazing beginning, right? You know, you know how it starts. This story starts with, with that great opening in the beginning. And it ends with the thrilling promise, behold, I am making all things new. It's a story where the things that are happening are the most important things that have ever happened and are happening now and will ever happen. And so we're going we're gonna to try our hardest to, to take a simple, basic overview of what's going on in that story so that we can understand the overview, the structure, not just of what goes on in these pages, but what God is trying to do in our lives, and not just in our lives, but through our lives for the sake of the world. And I, I, I hope, I, I'm confident that if we will focus our hearts and souls on that overarching narrative, we'll find that we realize that that we can suddenly see and hear and notice that it's not just that this is how God used to be and how God used to work, but that God is still in our lives in amazing and miraculous ways. And, and he's still inviting us to be a part of amazing and miraculous things. And if you've settled for a boring life where you don't take any risks for the sake of other people and you're pretty much just focused on you getting what you need, if you've settled for a small version of life that's mostly just about you, this invitation is to open your life back up to open up your eyes and your heart and your imagination to something bigger and richer and deeper and better than what the world has to offer us. And what I want you to remember as we continue to look at the story of Scripture with all the different things we'll talk about and all the different things that are going on is that in the final analysis, even though we're all caught up in it, this story 
has always been and will always be about Jesus. You're in it, but it's not actually about you. It's about Jesus. He is our true north. He is the one thing that helps us understand everything else. He is the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. But he's not just our past and our future. Brothers and sisters, he is our present. He is our light and our life and our love in the right now. But we have to choose to see that. We have to choose to be open to that. We have to find a way to step out of the very center of our own stories so that we can let Jesus in. We're going to sing together now, and as we do, we have a few shepherding couples that will be waiting to pray with you just outside of these double doors. They're there to talk with you about anything at all that you might want to share with them, whether it's good or bad, whether it's, it's Thanksgiving or it's something where you need help and wisdom and guidance. They're there to be community for you, so go to them, please.